0: to another episode of Employability Matters, careers related and job search advice podcast. And today I have pleasure in introducing you to a very special someone of mine, um, who is an advanced apprenticeships in human resources. And she will be telling us all about her career journey so far, and also about a beauty business that she just recently launched during the coronavirus pandemic. So, hello
1: and welcome Renee, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Would you like me to introduce, give them a bit of intro? Yes,
0: introduce yourself, go for it.
1: So, hi guys, my name is Renee Lewis, I am 21. I have been in my field of human resources for nearly two years now. And the way I started off in that field was by going into an apprenticeship so i done a advanced level three apprenticeship in, first of all, it was actually business administration, but I got into the business and it was quite a small company. And basically they didn't have a HR department funny enough. So I technically started off in finance. Then two months down the line, they realized they needed a HR department and they already knew that I wanted to be in HR. So they ended up putting me in that department. So I was in an apprenticeship for a year. And after that, I left the role and then after a few weeks later, I got into a global company and then got a HR and talent associate role now. So I've now been in this job for about eight months now. And on the side of my full time job, I do have a beauty business as well with my best friend.
0: Awesome, awesome. I believe that this particular episode will really encourage and inspire people who are thinking about doing an apprenticeship because as we know the government at this present time are pushing more for traineeships and apprenticeships so it's going to be so useful for you to share your insight into your career journey so far. Those who do not know, what is an apprenticeship and what level are you at? So
1: an apprenticeship is basically an opportunity for you to be within a working environment, depending on the apprenticeship, between a year to maybe three to four years. And you will be working full time from Monday to Friday. But within that, you may be studying, you may have like study day, you may have to attend a college, you might have like webinars and everything else. And this will basically allow you to get the hands-on experience, but also kind of get the educational side of it. And they're basically placed together and my one I was doing in advanced, so I was doing a level three in business administration.
0: Awesome, awesome. So how does it work? Are you working like nine to five? Um, is there any extra study that needs to be done? What is a format of an apprenticeship?
1: So for me when I did my apprenticeship my format, so I worked nine to six at my old job so I would work full time nine to six then Every two weeks, I would go into my, basically go into like my apprenticeship provider, and I would basically go and do days like study days. I would go and have like, I'd have webinars every Wednesday as well, and they would be for like two and a half hours, and then once a month, we would have two workshops, so they'd be like from a Thursday to Friday, you'd have workshops with like like kind of lecturers and mentors, and those basically allow us to do like different activities that would relate to the workplace for us to pass our grade and our qualification awesome so what is the average wage you can get from an apprenticeship with apprenticeships I think what I learned when I got into my apprenticeship it definitely varies because as I was working with other apprenticeships when I was like other apprentices when I was doing my workshops depending on what your company can afford is what it will kind of be I know on average it can depends like Salaries can vary from like, maybe like 7,000 up. It does just depend on the company as, I know with the apprenticeship, there's an apprenticeship wage. And I think apprenticeship wage is actually lower than the minimal wage. It varies from 7,000 upwards.
0: Okay, awesome. It gives an opportunity for people to gain valuable work experience because it's a continuous cycle, isn't it? I've got qualifications, but I don't have the work experience yes applying for jobs but employers are not giving me the jobs because I don't have the baseline knowledge and experience so the apprenticeship is a wonderful mix of the two so why did you choose an apprenticeship route as opposed to possibly going to university
1: well for me I got my grades after I finished college and I was like I don't really want to go uni I think compared to a lot of my friends it was kind of a dream for them to go uni they were like kind of always saying they wanted to go uni I never really had that excitement about uni I felt like I had an idea of wanting to go into some type of business slash customer service but I just didn't know where so I didn't want to make that decision of going uni for three years and then figuring out maybe I don't want to do this So throughout that time, I kind of got experience in like different jobs to kind of make me realise what I liked about the office environment and what I liked about the business side. And I think after doing a mixture of business to like recruitment and everything else, it made me realise, okay, now I want to go into HR, but I want to do it within the apprenticeship route so I can get the best of both. And I think it's very hard as well to even just get experience in HR. So I felt like the apprenticeship route was kind of the best way to go about it.
0: I'm so happy that you have highlighted that you made your own decision with regards to weighing up the pros and the cons of going through the university route or the apprenticeship route. I yeah. remember that going through the um, university route was the golden standard. Yes. Even as you finished secondary school sixth form you must go to university but I'm so glad that now that apprenticeships is now sort of like becoming a gold standard to say yes if you don't want to go down the university route this is a wonderful good type of alternative to gain valuable work experience.
1: Times have definitely changed because I know it was kind of a very typical thing like, if you didn't go uni then what was you doing like what else could there be to do and I think now a lot of gen- that generations above my generation are understanding how beneficial the university route is for the fact that you, could ca- you can come out of uni with a first class, but it doesn't mean that you're going to get a job straight away. Like, especially for the fact that I do work in HR, I know what they look for, especially when you are applying for jobs. And it all just depends on what the business is looking for, why you get a job or not. But they are very keen on having hands-on experience. Anyone can get a qualification and not really know how to work within like in the office environment. So now there's a lot more recognition for it, which is great. You
0: made such a valuable point that employers are definitely seeking new recruits with those soft skills, especially. You may have gone through the university route, and I'm not knocking the university route because that's the route that I took. But there's a lot of academic papers written. highlighting the importance that new recruits especially graduates those young people must have the soft skills in order to survive within the workplace and I really love the idea of the apprenticeship again as a model because it's enabling people to gain valuable work experience so what do you believe are the benefits of an apprenticeship?
1: I think the benefit for me when I done an apprenticeship was really getting those soft skills and really understanding how to conduct yourself in the working environment because it's very different from working in retail. Like I've worked in a lot of retail and hospitality and it's a very, very different environment. Like you're in the corporate world. So there's a way you do have to address yourself. There's a way that you have to kind of show people how hard you work and what you're about. And like I said, you have a lot of competitors around you as well. So I think, for me, definitely that benefit was getting those skills. So I know that I can pick up those skills and go anywhere and work anywhere. Also for me, I think it was just the balance of having education and to work because I've always been someone that's worked. So as much as I've liked education, I did prefer the working route, but I still wanted to get both because like I said, the educational and academic side will allow you to have that extra knowledge as well. So definitely having like the balance of both. And I think as well, just making my money at the same time. because, Like I said, for me, I like working and I like seeing money at the end of my account, like at the end of the month in my account. So I think just knowing that oh my God, I can work, I can get a qualification and still live a normal life. I still have that balance. I still have that routine. I think for me, I was quite worried about going to uni and not really having that much of a routine just because I wouldn't have the skills to kind of hold up the qualification that I had. You've made a really good point with regards to studying,
0: gaining valuable work experience and getting paid which is a yeah. wonderful triangulation of um, benefits that you could yeah. receive. I mean, that is a definite motivator for anybody who would want to go down to the apprenticeship route as opposed to university route, where we know that um, graduates are leaving university with huge debts. So yeah. if, if you don't go down that route, but an apprenticeship route is a great alternative, Definitely. So what was your first year like as an apprenticeship? Tell us about it.
1: For me, do you know what? It was a very different experience, but I definitely feel like it all depends on where you work. That's the one thing I could definitely say. But for me, I think in the beginning, I think there was just that drive of oh my gosh, like I'm going into my like my like career brew, and this is what I want to do. But obviously, even then for me, it was quite different because as much as I got the apprenticeship I've got i wasn't necessarily in the department i wanted to be in at first so already from there for me that was a bit like okay i've still got the apprenticeship i'm still getting a qualification i'm still making my money there's benefits to it but i think for me my route was a bit different because i felt like you always have to work hard in life and always put all your effort into something but i do feel like after a while i did just have that kind of oh yeah she's an apprentice like yes treat her like an apprentice and sometimes there's benefits to that in the sense where you don't really have the full scope on the company because you are an apprentice but then at the same time there are disadvantages to that when you are trying to grow and better yourself especially with me i was definitely trying to grow and definitely trying to develop like i really wanted to pick up as much skills as possible but sometimes as an apprentice you can get left out of that so for me in my company it was kind of cons in that sense but i definitely think the pros was is that i had a really good an apprenticeship provider they were very, very supportive. And I would say that's another benefit compared to like the university, for example, university is very independent. And sometimes you may not always have that person to turn to, but with me, it was like, okay, if I didn't have maybe a great day at work, or I didn't feel like I was getting like, I don't know if I, I maybe if I felt like I wasn't getting the energy that I deserved or like the, the praise that I deserved. I always had someone to talk to that was in my corner. So I didn't just feel like an employee where you feel like, a okay, cake. everything's just to you. Everything's down to you. What was your first apprenticeship like? Tell us about that journey. Okay, I think my first apprenticeship journey, it was very, for me, it was kind of very up and down. I definitely feel like with apprenticeships, it definitely depends on the company you work for. I felt like it all depends on why they need an apprentice as well. I think that was definitely something that I learned. Sometimes some companies really wanna start a young person from the bottom and get them to the top. Sometimes some companies just kind of just need that extra person. Unfortunately, sometimes I need an extra person just to pay. And I felt like that at one point. So I had like my own things that I was going through. Like I was trying to go above and beyond in my apprenticeship, but not necessarily get the recognition from the people I needed to get it from. So mine was kind of an up and down, Where I enjoyed it but I didn't, but I knew what my end goal was. And I think that's very key when you go into like the working life, especially when you do go into an apprenticeship, not every company is going to be the same. Not every experience that maybe an, like a different friend has is going to be the same to yours. And I think if you know what you're going in for, it will make the transition a lot easier from being an apprentice to getting to the end of that stage and making the decision of if you want to stay or if you want to go through a new company. But for me, I'd say mine was okay. I think I knew what my end goal was, which was to get that knowledge, which was to get that power. And like I said, I went through a transition of having many different managers. So when I got my last manager, or my last two managers, actually, I learned so much in such a short space of time. So it definitely allowed, it motivated me even more within my because I gained knowledge. I was like, I'm one of those people, I'm a visual learner. So for me, I had my folder, that would have all my notes in it. If I felt like, oh, okay, we're gonna be talking about like maternity leave and stuff. Like me, I had that in my folder, I had my notes, I had that all highlighted. So when I would do my coursework, I had a lot to talk about. But it was definitely, it was definitely good because it got me into the place that I'm currently in now. Because now I've nearly been in my field for two years and I've got a new job, I've got a nice pay increase. Like I said, it makes a difference once you complete an apprenticeship as well. Once you complete it, you've got an opportunity that not everybody's got because you do have that balance of I've got a qualification and I've got the skills that they're looking for. So for me, when I finished my apprenticeship, I was quite confident. I'm like, yep, I'm going to go to a new company and it's established and everything else. And then three weeks later, three weeks later, I got that job. And I got a very nice increase. I got even more advanced role as well. And it was somewhere global. So I got way more opportunities. The skills that I picked up on within kind of a smaller worldwide company, I basically was able to use them and then get 10 times more skills because I was working in a bigger company that was global as well. But it was good. It was definitely worth the experience. It definitely allowed me to understand how to deal with certain people in the corporate world as well. I you made the
0: um, note about people treating you as an apprentice and most probably, you know, just giving you routine work to do, which didn't challenge you in any sense. So what type of challenges did you face throughout your apprenticeship journey so far?
1: I think challenges that I definitely faced was trying to prove that I'm more more than just an apprentice. Like some people... Some people go into something knowing that they're going to get a benefit out of it but don't necessarily understand how beneficial that's going to be. Some people just do stuff to do it and I think for me I knew that this was going to be the next stage of my career and I'm very excited about my career. I've got a lot of energy when I talk about my career. Like I feel good about myself when I talk about my career. So for me when I was facing challenges like just being treated like an apprentice or getting the bare minimum of work and then when there's a certain time in the company where things aren't going right I'm getting thrown a lot of work that I don't necessarily have any aid like background or education on so there was a lot of those type of challenges and then almost you was expected to know even though you haven't been taught anything to do with it and that was challenges that were quite stressful because especially when you do want to succeed way higher than what they're giving you but you can't because you're getting put or like you're basically getting capped at a certain point which was quite annoying but I think after a while, when you stop letting those things stress you and people realize it, they realise, oh yeah, she's capable of way more. And after a while, I think I was pushing so much and I got to a stage where I weren't happy and I was like, no, like I'm pushing for a reason. And I think when they started realizing that, they was like, Oh wow, at the end, like, oh wow, you really can do this. But after a while, you just know, okay, I'm there for this, and I know that when I leave, I'm gonna make so much of a difference when I go to another company and I think yeah you face you definitely do face that as an apprentice depending on where you work and why they need an apprentice as well
0: um yeah talk to us Renee about your typical day as a HR apprentice
1: so my typical day my company definitely varied. like I said we only just got a HR department we only just said let's have a HR department so my days kind of varied I started off from kind of doing paperwork it was very old fashioned, but everything else in the company was so like up to date. So we started off with kind of doing paperwork and kind of organizing it so we could start putting stuff on the system. So we was using a HR software called People HR. And because we never had anything online, everything was paperwork, a lot of information had to be input. So we had like nearly like probably like nearly like 17 employees. In our workplace and we literally had to input that all onto people HR. So that was definitely a process within itself and also making sure that we're able to maintain it. So a lot of the time we had a lot of new people coming in as well. Like I said, we went for a stage where we just had so many employees because we progressed as a company. So There was a lot of doing a lot of new joiners kind of getting everyone into the routine that we do have a HR department because a lot of people wasn't used to that. So I think where we didn't have that in my company, there was a lot of issues that were never really resolved by a human resources member of staff. So things may have not been dealt with properly, but now we've got people that actually specialize in it. It's very different because like I said, I got, I got a new manager then and this is when I had to really understand policies and procedures, we had to even really do our company policy and procedures, so there was a lot of stuff that I learned on more of the legal side as well, also just learning, yeah, just how to deal with like and like so many different scenarios, like when you have appraisals, passing probations, doing new joiners, even just dealing with like grievances as well, that was something that I learned, because like I said, we had quite, like, there was a, quite a lot of There was quite a lot of things going on in my company, and where there was not that main department to help you with that, there was a lot of things that were just left. So, we really did have to start building stuff from the bottom. But definitely inputting a lot of stuff onto people HR, definitely dealing with like the employee benefits that we had, keeping an eye on the annual leave, making sure that. People just understand their rights within a company as well, because some people never really read a contract. And that's something that I definitely learned as well. Like, and there there was just a lot of paperwork and stuff that I was dealing with as well. And I was kind of an apprentice that was floating around because there wasn't always work to do. So sometimes I'd go back and help with finance. We had like company cards when people were traveling abroad. I had to make sure I was inputting all the receipts, making sure all that stuff was done for the month end also I was like traveling for my company as well. I traveled to um, I traveled to Turkey and I traveled to Germany for my company. So meeting like new clients for the business as well. It was very, very different, but just those, hey, even just using those HR skills of having good customer service, being a good listener, having attention to detail was very key.
0: Awesome. You have highlighted so much. I'm sure that somebody who is thinking about doing apprenticeship there would be listening to this podcast and says yes I have listened to Renee Lewis and I definitely want to take this through. seriously you are very inspiring because you're also highlighting some of the key skills that are needed you talked about customer service you talked about listening what other soft skills do you think is required to be a good apprentice
1: I feel like one thing that I definitely I'm still learning now but I've t- definitely improved on was even just being on time being on time is so important especially as an apprentice and like I said I know what type of person I am like maybe outside the work I'm that person that's like oh yeah guys I'll be two hours but I'm not really two hours and you know what those skills of being punctual is so so important when you go into the workplace especially because it's not like your retail job like it's you're in the corporate world and that's a big thing for them being on time and being punctual is so key so I think Definitely knowing that, like, definitely scheduling your day and being a lot more organized. Organization is very, very important when you go into like office jobs as well. They expect you to be organized. They expect you to have a certain routine when you go into the workplace, how you manage your day, like your day in the life of work, how you manage that. Okay, I'm going to complete all these four tasks. How do you complete these tasks? Do you do it where you deal with the biggest tasks first or do you do the smallest tasks to get out of the way? Like you've definitely got a have technique and have kind of, yeah, you've got to have a set, you've got to have technique when you go into the corporate role. Let's definitely say that, like you want to be able to manage your time. You want to be able to, what else would I say? You want to be able to be a good communicator as well, because you're going to come across so many different types of people in the company. You're going to come across people that may be on the same level as you, people that may be above you, people that are like CEOs, managers, Like I had to, I was in a smaller company, so I worked really close with my CEO. And that was quite difficult as well, because like I said, you're dealing with different types of people. And especially in my company, it was a lot more different because we're dealing with a company that never had a HR department. So knowing how to speak to people, because like I said, you come across so many different personalities and not everyone's the same. And that's something that I learned as well. Maybe something that I could interpret would be interpreted one way, but someone else could, could interpret it a different way. So communication skills, punctuality was very key. And I think just even just being honest, like you'll learn how much honesty will get you far working, like just working in the working environment as well. Because the one thing that's the worst thing that you could do in a job is liar. Do you know what I mean? You'll always get caught out. Like bearing in mind when you work in workplaces, they have cameras, you're using their equipment. Like there's so much other things and I definitely feel like honesty is so key. And honesty will get you a lot further than lying in the workplace as well. Because like I said, if you do want to move on to the next workplace, you need a reference. And I feel like a reference is, like I said, when you want to get a good reference, you need to know that that relationship you had in that workplace and how you conducted yourself during that time period of working in that environment, you want to know when you get that next reference, they're going to trust you in your next workplace. So definitely honesty and stuff was very, very important. You've highlighted... A list of different
0: qualities, a list of different skills that are required to be an apprentice. And the one thing that you said that really stuck out to me is importance of, I would say, having integrity and not lying and being honest. And that is one of the top attributes that employers are looking for they new recruits who they feel they can trust in their business you know and also feel as if like they care about the business and they want the business to succeed whilst they're succeeding as an employee and they're doing well they want the business to succeed as well it's so good it's such a great insight into the role of an apprentice i want us to now focus on your achievements your accomplishments What, what are you most proud of so far
1: Um, I would say for me I'm definitely proud of actually taking that year to be in my apprenticeship just because I had to take a lot of sacrifices being that apprenticeship in the sense where I hit a level of pay that I didn't even have on my first job like my first job paid me quite good and I only ever made more than that so for me it was a very difficult transition to Go into something, knowing that I was getting paid a lot less to kind of work, like really work to the bone. And I think just doing that year of doing that and kind of having that discipline and really understanding, even throughout the journey where I wasn't happy being an apprentice in my workplace was just being persistent and just carry on going through it because you know what the end goal is. So I think just finishing that apprenticeship and finishing off that year, I was like, yeah, I've done it. I've achieved it. Also, I think I was... I think I was, do you know, my biggest achievement, which is going to sound very weird, was when I left. Three weeks later are of leaving my house every day from like nine am to go to interviews until the end of the day. I actually got something that I deserved, and I know that I deserved it. I got a new job, got a massive increase. I got paid. Like my pay now was like triple the amount of what I was getting earning at my apprenticeship, and I didn't have to work my other jobs anymore. Like I said, when I was working in my apprenticeship, I still had to work two other jobs on the side of it just to make. Decent enough money to survive. So I think just getting that pay increase and getting that new role, going somewhere that's way more advanced, and even just going into a company where you can tell that they really care about imp- their employees, that was a massive achievement for me because I was like, oh, like, I'm actually going to go somewhere where they like who I am. I've done my interview, they've picked me for a reason. And now this is my time to really prove myself even more because now this is a company that actually wants to see me achieve they want to they want me to build and work my way up in that company so even yeah just even leaving my apprenticeship funny enough was my biggest achievement because I know what I got out of it and I think just yeah I think just learning how to even just conducting myself throughout that year and becoming a better version of myself was a big achievement because like I said you all in this life you want to become a better version of yourself and I thought like for me that year I know how I started off that year to how I ended it and now how i am in my new job i'm like this was all worth it as much as it was stress but yeah well, definitely,
0: definitely give yourself a big pattern yeah. back. You, <laughs> <know?
1: laughs> you
0: are also giving me a good insight into the apprenticeship route but also yeah. an insight into the importance of knowing yourself knowing yeah. your worth and 100%. you talked a lot about you know understanding your worth And knowing that you are able to add value once you know your skills and qualities and attributes that you can further add to the role. And I think that is really important in terms of embarking upon your career at whatever stage or whatever industry you want to get into knowing your worth. You left the job, you know, because you knew that you wanted to get into HR and you were tenacious. You know, to ensure that you got the apprenticeship that you know that you deserve. And that is amazing. And also as well, you have a inspiring attitude. You have at such a high level positive mindset. And all of yeah. those things would ensure that will come back to you. Because as a man thinks, so he shall become. So if Definitely. you continually think positive, you will start to attract those good things into your life, isn't it?
1: Definitely. Mindset is really, really important. And I think, like I said, everyone does go through those stages of you're at your peak and you're happy, but life life has so many different obstacles. And I feel like a lot of people forget that. So when these obstacles do come their way, they're like, oh my gosh, that like, everything was going so well. And like I said, I went through so many of those, but like I said, I had to continue to motivate myself because as much as you do an apprenticeship and you're benefiting the business you always need it to benefit yourself first and I think a lot of people like I said I can put my hands up. I was someone that was so oh my gosh about my career and making everyone else happy you kind of forget to make yourself happy and that's the last thing that you want to do especially when you are actually balancing a full-time job with education at the side So there was even more of the workload, to be honest, which was crazy as well, because as much as I can do my nine to six and achieve that, you still had to achieve in your grades as well and had to achieve in your coursework and everything else. So, like I said, it's I would say an apprenticeship is definitely not for the faint hearted. You've really got to be one hundred and twenty percent in because you are not just in education. You are not just working. You have the both together that you need to balance. So definitely having routine and structure was just so important. Because if your mind's everywhere, then everything else in your life is going to be everywhere as well. And you're never going to really understand until you get yourself back on the right pathway. But yeah.
0: You made a good point with regards to the combination of the study and also the other element of the education. How do you manage that combination? And also tell us what qualification that you're working towards on your
1: advanced apprenticeship. Ideally, they made it so the work should only be done within your monday to friday ideally you shouldn't really be carrying that work home because they give you a certain amount of hours for you to complete it so for me i had that advantage of if i needed extra days i was able to get extra days from my outside of those hours if not find a day to go to the apprenticeship company and just get it done if i had to book a bit of an annual leave to get it done as well i would just have to but i just knew just to get the work done i would have to do it so, so yeah just kind of making sure that regime qualification working towards so i was working towards the um a business administration one what is the
0: mode of study like how many days are you in the workplace and how many days are you at your training provider
1: so with me i was actually still in my workplace five days a week i basically was in work like basically full-time um once so for example once a week, I would have a webinar. So this webinar would last about an hour and a half to two hours. So I'd have that every Wednesday. So there was like literally an hour and a half to two hours where I was blocked out, like I had blocked out hours where I wouldn't be working, and I wouldn't necessarily have to make the time up because technically it's included within my like. It technically is class as work. So I would have webinars with our mentor and multiple adult apprentices that was on the same course. They would basically kind of go through like PowerPoints, breaking down certain definitions of stuff, breaking down how businesses are structured and everything else and you'd be able to like kind of take notes we'd be involved in like so many different activities and stuff and we'd kind of just go through that and we basically get taught about how businesses are functioned and they'll tell you like so many different elements of how the business functions as well then I'd have that once a week and then twice in a month I would have study days so these would be days where they're blocked out for the whole day I'd go down to the apprenticeship provider and I'd basically spend like a nine till five o'clock to kick out any coursework that I had, making sure that if I need any help with the coursework I can get a full understanding as they are the ones providing the educational side of it, then Twice in the month we'd have we'd have workshops. So these workshops will kind of be similar to the webinars, but they'll be a lot more interactive as all the apprentices and the mentors are actually all sitting together. and we would have our workshops once a month on a Thursday and Friday. So on the Thursday, we dealt with the business mentor, so he would teach us a lot more stuff that's more kind of academic, not as practical, kind of more bookwork on the sides of business. Then on the Friday, we would work with one of the digital marketing mentors so we'd be dealing with a lot more of the practical side maybe doing like kind of like role play of how to be in the workplace kind of like actually creating our own projects as well and basically presenting them we learned how to, we learned a lot of that kind of skills on how to be confident how to speak to someone in interviews how to pitch your ideas how to make sure that you're getting your point across and making sure everyone's got a full understanding of what you're like, what you're trying to put across as well. So we definitely had very different days. Like one minute, it was like book work, highlighting, highlighting keywords, using that, referencing, doing a lot of essay work to the next day of having a very like kind of, I don't know, like kind of a very practical day. There was a bit more of a laid back day. You was able to kind of communicate with others. You had the opportunity to kind of speak to other apprentices about their experiences as well. And then, within those times of the like mentors and stuff, they allowed us to have the freedom to kind of talk about our dilemmas and how we should move accordingly with them as well. Especially where they wasn't actually our teachers as well. And I think that was what made it, that's what made it more exciting, I think, in the sense where you still wasn't treated like a child. You didn't feel like, okay, you're going into education. You feel like you're in college again. Like these were people that were treating you like an adult. You were treated as in like, yeah you work these are your decisions if you choose if you don't want to come in today then that's not going to affect me do you know what i'm saying i feel like i think that approach works very different for a lot of people like i said for me it was like oh i like that push i'm quite used to someone pushing me like oh yeah like we're gonna do this and we're gonna get you through to the end of this because like i said i didn't go to uni and a lot of my uni friends they've said that you don't really get that much of a push it's very very independent I still had these people that were pushing me to get to the end goal. So, yeah, it was very different. It was very, it was very like on the academic side, but also on the practical side as well. So there was that mixture of people. Good, 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 good. Um, I would
0: like to, us to highlight, um, we all know what's going on now in the coronavirus pandemic. Yes. And, you know, the the age group that are suffering the most, with the unemployment are the 18 to 24s. Yeah. we've heard that you know our Chancellor of the Exchequer Richie Sunak has announced that he's going to push for more traineeships and more apprenticeship yeah. groups but what is your thoughts about decreasing the unemployment levels of 18s to 24s do you think the government is going about it the right way? Do
1: you know what I honestly feel like them I think they're trying to, do you know, is they're trying to decrease in like um, people being unemployed. And I feel like to a certain extent, it's a good thing, I guess. But I felt like this should have been done way earlier. I felt like apprenticeship should have been pushed out a lot more than they were before. It was almost like before apprenticeships were like, they were so bad. To do. It was like if you if you didn't go to university, it was like apprenticeships were bottom of the barrel. And now in the new day, people are realizing that maybe I shouldn't have gone uni. Like I know my mum, she said to me, even though she didn't go uni, she was like, oh my gosh, like I wish I just got an apprenticeship. I wish apprenticeships were a thing back then and they were the norm back then. And I think to a certain extent, like I said, it's definitely gonna be a process because a lot of people are unemployed right now. I've got many friends that couldn't get graduate jobs. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think now that they're trying to push it where they're gonna do a lot more training, I definitely think, It's going to be an up and down journey, but the end goal is going to be a good thing.
0: There's lots of papers written for higher education stating that a lot of graduates would leave the workplace with all the hard, you know, technical skills and qualifications, but they lack all the employability skills. As you said, your ability to build and maintain rapport with the CEO all the way down to the cleaner, for example. Yeah, 100% transition so in terms of going through the apprenticeship i'm i'm really happy that the government is pushing for this but i think it should just be all organisations should yeah. at least have a quota of apprenticeships within their organisation isn't it there are a range of apprenticeships isn't it from the advanced the higher and the degree apprenticeships because yeah. i could do one at my age of 46 i could decide yeah. to do a degree I don't know, or an advanced apprenticeship, whatever suits me and my current qualifications, which would be really, really good. Especially those who've been working for, who's got like a vast employment history and they've been made redundant. They may think, oh my gosh, what am I to do next? But an apprenticeship model may just suit them. And we know that there are a range of apprenticeships um, available, but how do we find out? about where they are. Where is the information to seek out an apprenticeship? For me,
1: it was like Indeed and stuff like that. You know, that's actually how I found my apprenticeship. That's how I found my apprenticeship provider. Like I actually found them through Indeed. And like I said, as soon as you type someone online, like we live in such a generation where technology run the world so for me it was like sometimes maybe just the things like fairs and stuff and like career fairs wasn't really working for me I still didn't really find exactly what I was looking for or close enough to what I was looking for so definitely looking online was so great for me like I said I just literally said I need apprenticeship providers within my area that is dealing with things like business admin HR maybe digital marketing and all that stuff as well and like I said I found it I went through quite a few apprenticeship providers some are really good some weren't and I think like I said with these things it all takes time and you've got to be it's definitely a level of patience that you need to have when you're looking for an apprenticeship as well because it's not as easy sailing as just going to look for a job it's actually a lot more of a process than just looking for a normal job so joining up with the age, joining up with the provider, making sure that you fit their skills enough. Then they've got to find you an apprenticeship that suits you. Then you've got to go for the actual interview. Then you've got to provide them your grades. You've got to do a few exams as well, so that they can know where you're learning, like you're learning... um your learning levels at so then they can think about what apprenticeship will be suited for you as well depending on the provider as well some only provide level threes some provide level fours level fives onwards but even my one mine my provider originally provided for level threes with the business admin side and then level threes and fours for digital marketing so even then like sometimes you'll go into something you'll like and you may want to take that next level and because you have had a good provider you may want to do it with them but when they don't it's like okay now you've got to find somewhere else it was definitely a process but once you like i said with me i was happy that regardless of how my apprenticeship route ended and how i didn't stay with the like didn't stay with the company i still got so much support from them so i definitely feel like if you people are looking for apprenticeships you need to even make sure that your apprenticeship provider is just as good as your company cuz they're going to people they're going to be the people that have your back just as much as your company cuz like i said for me in mine i just felt like just an apprentice do you know what i mean but my provider's made me feel like more than just an apprentice they made me realize that i'm a person and i'm i'm myself before that as well way more than my company did so Definitely looking on Google, definitely looking for reviews as well. Like definitely look for reviews around an apprenticeship company as well, because anyone is very fast to jump into an opportunity just so they're comfortable. But I know with myself, I'd rather be comfortable knowing that I'm somewhere that has got good reviews. They have good expectations of themselves as a company than to just go into something, just to know that I'm in something.
0: That's really, really good advice. I want to thank you so much, Renee, because I never realised that there was such a, a rigorous process in terms of once you have identified a training provider, they do all of the background checks to ensure that your skills meet the organisation and then you obviously have to submit your qualifications to prove that you have those and initial assessments are done as well. So and it's great nice have to go
1: to the interview as well, it's crazy.
0: Crazy. Well, because there's two main websites. As you said, you mentioned the gov.uk website. And if you just type in find an apprentice on Google, yeah. Also got apprenticeship.gov.uk. That's another one that you can um, also identify apprenticeship. Thank you so much for giving me and our listeners a really good insight into your career journey so far as an apprentice. So, where do you see yourself in five years'
1: time? um for me do you know what I think I don't it's crazy I know I've definitely seen myself in HR because you know what I've nearly been in it for two years and I just love it like I love dealing with people and I feel like the advantage of working in human resources because you pick up on so many different skills you could go anywhere with these skills just because you do deal with the side of laws policies procedures but at the same time you deal with a lot of you deal with a lot of sensitive information, a lot of confidential information as well. So I know that I can bounce from so many different fields and so many different industries. But I think in the next five years, I definitely still see myself in HR. I definitely want to do my qualification because I know my company said once I pass probation and once things go back to normal, I can actually do my CIPD. So they will fund it as well. So that's definitely my massive aim for the next five years.
0: You also touched on the impact that coronavirus has had on your role and you made reference to that your company made sure that they were um, up to date with all the tech yes. so that people were able to work from home remotely. So yes. how has the coronavirus pandemic yes. impacted your role?
1: So for me as I'm working as I'm working in this job and this is, it's a new job as well. So this is like even separate from my apprenticeship. And like I said, with COVID, for me, it was like, oh my gosh, we're working from home. And this is the first time I'd ever worked from home. Like with with being in my field and getting any work experience and stuff as well. So for me, it was very different. I think in the beginning, it was like, oh my gosh, I can just work from home in my bed. And it sounded convenient and everything else. And I was just blessed enough to be in a scenario where I didn't lose my job. So For me, I was quite happy in the sense where, okay, I'm not happy about lockdown, but I've got an alternative. But I think only when you really start working at home, you're not as happy. Like, you do really miss the working environment. Like, for me, it had quite a big effect on me. Like, I wasn't really too happy with working from home. But I think it was just morally because I'd I'd just started a new job. And I think when you're in a stage of trying to prove yourself, you know, that six months is the time to get your head stuck in, go above and beyond because you know you've got to pass probation and you've worked so hard to be somewhere. Like I worked so hard just to get a year of experience within, a, within an apprenticeship, let alone say that I'm leaving the job, I found a new job in three weeks and then a month later we're on lockdown. So for me, I felt like I added a lot of pressure on myself just because I thought I was at home. I wanted to still get the job done. I'm still trying to even learn about my company as well. So that made it really difficult as well because I only kind of understood my business for a month and then I've just been at home for like five, like four or five months now. So I don't know, it had a weird effect on me. But I think one thing that made me realise about my company, like how good it was and how like, I don't know, how important like you are in the business. Don't ever feel like because you're just an assistant to your manager, for example, that you don't play a big part, like you definitely play a massive part. And I think with me, I had an amazing relationship with my manager at my new workplace. So when there was times where I felt like lockdown wasn't really taking a good tone on me and it made me quite sad and I wasn't really happy, the communication I had with my manager was really good because he actually realised how hard I was working as well and he appreciated it. So I think from that, it really it really brought me back to the person that I normally am like the bubbly person that I am because our CEO in this company he our company is mainly based in America and he sent all even all of his employees and all of the HR department like um like just cards to say that he really appreciates our work
0: you have highlighted a lot of useful information especially talking about the different types of employability skills, the soft skills are needed in order to survive and thrive within the workplace, but also not just the workplace. You are using those wonderful soft skills and knowledge within your own business. You have successfully set up and founded a beauty business during the coronavirus with your best friend, and I want you to tell us all about it.
1: So I'm going to give you an update, just I kind know of like a quick update and summary of what's going on in the business right now and what we do and everything else. So my friend, she was in uni of her third year around that time. And we would always have conversations about one day being self-employed and, you know, even just having a business on the side, even if we didn't want to be fully self-employed. And we know that we like certain things. Like I said, for me, I'm quite big on appearance, skincare, makeup, hair, like that's, all kind of me, maybe not today, but <laughs> on a normal day, like that's all me. And me and my friend is the same. And she was like, Renee, like if we look at vendors and this, that, and that, like, we can get into it. Like people ask us, where do we get certain things that we're wearing all the time? And sometimes, unfortunately, it's just a normal product that's in the shop. So you're like, oh yeah, you can just get it from there. And I think for us, it was like, if we're getting all these questions, why don't it be our own products? Do you get what I'm saying? And from there, it was like, yeah, okay, this is what it. we're looking for vendors. We're doing this. Like me and her had a lot of sleepless nights. And I think, especially where I was still working and she wasn't working. So for her, it was like, okay, I'm gonna be up and it's fine, but me, I'll be up to so like 5 a.m. trying to contact vendors in like China and everything, everything else as well, because obviously the time zone's so different. So where I should be fast asleep, they're wide awake. And there were so many sleepless nights of trying to find a good vendor, trying to make sure that. We're dealing with quality stock, quality vendors, quality manufacturers as well. And within like three weeks, we found our vendor for like our lashes and we tested out. We got samples and we was thankful that our first time, that first time we found the right um, manufacturer, we got quality stock that we were looking for that was at our expectations of what we purchased in the shops and even better So we started our business from there. We was picking names with each other. Like I said, the really good thing about doing business is doing it with the right person. Like I said, not everyone can mix friendship and business, but I just definitely think it does just depend on the two individuals and how they are as individuals to come together. And like I said, my friend, she's very level-headed. She's very... She's very motivated. She's very driven. And I think where we definitely bounce off each other with the same type of like, energy, we made it work. We had got our logo done. We got a logo done in a few days. We started off our Instagram page. And like I said, she's a lot more on the creative side. So things like the visuals and everything else, like, she put a lot of work into that. And I think us coming together with both of our similar skills and both our different skills as well, we made it work our business, our business name is Paradise Parlor. That was a name that we kind of got inspired from, like, we got inspired for kind of, like, other businesses to a certain extent, but also we kind of put our twist on it. Like I said, for us, when I think of, like, makeup, lashes, and all that stuff, like, it's just, oh, it just makes you feel so good about yourself, like, you feel like, for me, I feel like I'm in a whole different world, I'm in a whole different life, when I'm, like, got my makeup on i feel good it boosts your confidence like you know that you're pretty without it but it enhances the looks and it makes you feel 10 times better so our name we kind of used a lot of kind of like positive words and all that stuff our logo kind of like kind of really reflects on what we like what we like as like in the makeup industry and all that stuff as well um our lashes like i said we have an instagram page and we have a website we've got that made during lockdown as well so you can check that out as well and we have an instagram yeah we have an instagram page that my friend she's currently in control of she's always consistent with posting and the visuals and everything else right now i'm wearing the lashes as well <laughs> i'm very Chrissy. i was like i said we've got six different styles of lashes i'll quickly name them so we have got Leo. Sag so that's me and my friend's star signs like I said there's reasons behind the names then we've got Jay and Rendella that's our social media names that we have as well and then our last two pairs are Mandy and Chrissy so we kept all of our names personal like I said those two names are of our parents so mine's of my mum and Chrissy is of my friend's mum and obviously she passed away as well but like I said we've done this and we've making our brand as personal to us as possible like i said we're not just selling lashes to sell lashes like i said we're two motivated young black girls that are trying to not just go far in our careers but we're also trying to go far with our own ventures as well especially during lockdown as well it's shown us that we've needed to have multiple incomes and if we're going to have multiple incomes why not do it in something that we love and have passion for and i think that was really key as well
0: mm-hmm. I absolutely love them and I've made my order and yeah. I love the Chrissy, those are just so
1: me, I just can't wait to wear them. The R1's actually um, human lashes, so you can, yep, so you can wear these for up to, me to be honest, we tested out those lashes and I think I've worn my lashes about 25 to 30 times throughout having them and taking care of them and just making sure that you're combing them through, like I said when we had provide our lashes we provide you with a spoolie as well so you are able to take care of them make sure make sure you are able to brush them out when they're in the packaging and they're in the cases or even when you've just got them on your own lashes you've got a spoolie for on the go as well so for the fact they are human like i said it's a lot more beneficial you can get a lot more wears out of them you are able to potentially wash like you can like wash off the glue and stuff as well knowing that it's not going to damage it so that is the advantage you won't have to throw them away anytime soon like I said for me we test out those lashes and I wore mine about 25 to 30 times before I went to go look for another pair
0: you all need yes. to order I should say one of these beauty parlour um, mink human yes. eyelashes eyelashes or lashes what would you say
1: I will say eyelashes, eyelashes. I <laughs>
0: <cool>. <laughs> yeah eyelashes eyelashes This is awesome. And you've already gone through your social media handles, and I will ensure that these handles are posted when this clip is over. And as we come to an end, I would like you to give one word of advice to somebody who is looking to get into who is looking to become an apprentice, but unsure as to whether they should take the university route or the apprentice route. What advice would you give them?
1: I would say my big advice for someone, and I'm very fortunate that I'm able to give this advice, is do what's right for you and don't think about anybody else around you because it's only going to be you that's going to be dealing with everything day to day. Always put yourself first and do what's right for you. You can't go off what somebody else wants to do just because they want to do it. They've already got a thought process of why they're doing what they're doing. So you should have your own thought process as well. You've got to think independently if you wanted to do things like this. And like I said, you want to have your all when you go into an apprenticeship as well, because you're going to be seeing so many different sides of the world. You're going to be seeing the educational side. You're going to be seeing the work side. You're going to be seeing corporate. You're going to be seeing so much. So your eyes need to be open for this stuff as well. And you need to do it because you want to do it, not because somebody else wants you to do it.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today on Employability Matters podcast. Hey, everyone, this is your host, Sophia Lewis, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Employability Matters a careers and job-related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. Thank you for subscribing. I very much appreciate your support and remember to share with your family and friends. It would be appreciated if you could leave a great review on our YouTube channel, Anchor FM, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. I will be back next week for another great episode. So until then, remember, employability matters.